Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on last night's episode of London Row. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a video quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, joined by Sidgwick to review last night's Raw and the go-home show ahead of SummerSlam this weekend. Uh, it was all right. <laughs> it was a very sort of... It was okay for a Raw show. And there's one thing that I absolutely loved about this. Mm. Some various things that I liked. Some things that did nothing for me whatsoever. One really annoying missed opportunity, mm. and I will get to that. But yeah, there was one thing on this show where I thought, not just where's this been for the last few weeks, where's this been for about five years? But we'll get into it in due course. Uh, for once, the flipping Judgment Day didn't open Monday Night Raw. That responsibility was handed over to one Logan Paul, who uh, got the... Well, the reaction you'd expect for Logan Paul. Uh, loads of booze, he says. I've just got this thing where I don't really like talking in front of brain-dead people. Uh, so I'll get on with it. I'm not here for you, you bunch of losers. I'm here for Ricochet. Um, talked about how Ricochet attacked him last week. Uh, fans did the what treatment. They did it a lot last night, and I uh, did not appreciate no. it. I never do. Um, but he said he's going to beat Ricochet in the most viral match in WWE history at SummerSlam. Uh, of course, this brings out Ricochet, uh, who gets a great reaction, to be fair. This is doing wonders for him in terms of uh, getting fans behind him. Um, he said last week he was uh, in Logan Paul's live stream, but this week he's in his head. Uh, he says, you're not the good guy in this situation. You can't fool Houston. Uh, I think you're a horrible human being, but I do respect you as an athlete and a competitor. Um Paul thanks him for the comments. Uh, he says, look, Ricochet, you're one of the best ever to do it. And then I showed up. Um, talked about the Royal Rumble in case we were goldfish. They showed us a clip of that awesome spot that they did there. And uh, Logan Paul extends his fist for a fist bump with Ricochet. He did it. So they're going to put on a hell of a match at SummerSlam. Ricochet obliged and uh, goes to leave. And Logan Paul says, just one more thing, actually. I know your missus out there, your fiance Samantha Irvin, 
Um, does some ring announcing. I hope it's not a little bit awkward when my name's in her mouth when she announces me as the winner at SummerSlam. And, of course, it all kicks off after that. Ricochet comes off the top and Paul nails him with that right hand of steel or whatever it is, KOs Ricochet and leaves him laying. Well, Ricochet's a complete bitch. <laughs> is he not? I mean... If you're going to do the thing, and it's all that, it's an absolute antique of a device to like cast aspersions on someone's romantic partner. First of all, have you heard the ring introductions? If they're going to go this ugly route, at least say screaming my name. Mm. You know what I mean? That yeah. would be a heat line. That's a good if point. You, if you're going to do something ugly like this, second of all, so uh, the story of Ricochet's night is that he comes out. Despite the fact that Logan Paul is evidently a dick, yeah. despite the fact that over the past however many weeks, Logan Paul has taken the piss out of him, he accepts the fist bump, and then when they do this absolute toxic stuff about the girlfriend and what have you, he gets punked at the end of the segment and gets left lane. Mm. If you're going to do that, at least have the baby face, like, stand tall. Yes. So he gets he's gets disrespected, his girlfriend gets disrespected, he gets outsmarted with a fist bump, and then gets his ass kicked. Like absolutely abysmal booking of a baby face. They were doing face. so well after last week. Abysmal booking of a baby face. And I'll tell you one more thing as well. None of this matters because the match will be this just ridiculously over exciting thing. And Ricochet will get some rub mm. off the back of it. So maybe it doesn't matter. You know, I, I wax lyrical about how WWE should book baby faces, and there's times like this where I think you just don't get it, and you never will. Mm. But look at what they're doing; it doesn't really matter. It does not matter at all. Um, I I thought I could not have thought any less of Ricochet <laughs> when this segment ended. Face down in the ring, oh, I looked like a complete like loser. Mm. Jackie Redmond's backstage with Imperium. I'm sorry, I've used this before, but. WWJMD, what would John Moxley do? Mm -hmm. If you are presenting your character as a babyface, John Moxley is so smart, he just absolutely gets it. He gets when to sell, he gets when to kick ass. And yes, I understand there are different babyfaces, but as, the, as a fundamental like uh, principle, if I was a wrestling booker, right, genuinely, I would ask that question in my head whenever I'm doing something to a baby face. Mm. To need to get heat, I would ask myself, what would John Moxley do? Would John Moxley stand for this? Could you ever foresee John Moxley or Steve Austin or whoever, but John Moxley's the most recent and modern example. Would this happen to John Moxley? If the answer is no, then do not do it. <laughs> yes. That reminds me, by the way, I think I've mentioned this a handful. I might not have mentioned it to you because obviously there's the WW blank D for what would someone do? And I'm taking ownership of it because it works nicely. Three W's and then a D. Is a, it's going to be my brand. Okay. What would Willborn do? A voice. Yeah, exactly. So when I'm away on paternity leave, if you two or Andy or Nicholas or Phil are ever in a bit of a sticky situation with a podcast, just think, hmm, what would Willborn do? Yeah. Uh, and probably you'll, you'll be able to work it out. Hey! photo you posted yesterday. That was tremendous. Go follow us on X at WhatCultureWWE for that. 
what a night this was for Imperium. Uh, Jackie Redmond uh, welcomed them backstage. Gunther says he doesn't live in the past. He's very disappointed, though, in Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, but he can redeem himself against Matt Riddle. Uh, and Gunther reiterated he's going to end McIntyre at SummerSlam. Um, and we see uh, Riddle make his entrance. Then here comes the oh, gorgeous Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig oh, all God. Up. Um, Riddle in control early. Uh, Kaiser takes him down, takes over, side headlocks and that sort of thing. But then Riddle hits a load of high-flying moves to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Kaiser is kicking Riddle in the head to take control. But Riddle fights back, hits an exploder, hits a broton. Uh, a German suplex gets him a nice two count. He lands another broton but goes for another one. And Kaiser gets his knees up. Um, Imperium distract Riddle. Um, but he comes back with a knee to the head and a power bomb for a good two count again. Goes for the bro, Derek. Kaiser counters into a roll-up. They trade some strikes. Riddle knocks Kaiser down before going for the moonsault, but Kaiser moves at the last second and hits that wind-up DDT finisher of his to get the 1-2-3. Post-match, Gunther's so proud of his boy, Kaiser. They they shake hands, and he he gives him all the the plaudits that he deserves. I couldn't help but feel, and I didn't want to put this as a note because I don't want to necessarily put this out in the ether. What's Riddle done? Well, it's, it's either what's Riddle done or is Randy Orton coming back? Because like you say, there's a, there has to be a reason. No, no offense, Ludwig Kaiser. Just be a babyface clean. But yeah, him and Giovanni Vinci are there to lose to set people up for Gunther. Not, like you say, not just beat Riddle, beat him clean. Pretty much clean in the middle, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I had the exact same thought watching this at the, at the finish. What's he done now? <laughs> Who's he pissed off, or what's he done that's significantly worse? Um, so I was, but ah, oh, I just had the exact same thought as the far as the match goes. Really snug, hard hitting yeah. action, like really, really well worked. Crowd seemed to be into it as well, which they weren't for another well worked match. This was like intense, fairly dramatic, just really solid TV fair. Like I just love watching Ludwig Kaiser work. Yeah. Footwork, just the way he patrols that ring. He's just like everyone in Imperium are so great yeah. at what they do. It's just a joy to watch them every single time. Yeah, as, as confusing as it's going to be for fans who've watched the previous stuff, adding Ilya Dragunov to that stable, if that's the decision that they do, um, isn't going to change a thing, is it? Oh, no. It's going to make it even better. Aye. Dragunov uh, needs to get promoted now. That's a War Games team, that, isn't it? No, I'd probably still give them the friggin' advantage. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, and it, 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 as much as it was a weird thing to have Riddle loose here, the, the styles really complement each other. Obviously, the regimented, but, you know, snug, like you say, work of, of Kaiser and just the... Way! You know, the... the <sighs> Stoned already. Style of Matt Riddle. Yeah. Uh, Logan Ball's walking backstage. Byron Saxon tries to get a chat with him, but uh, he calls Ricochet a full grown fetus. Uh, Logan Ball, that is, not Byron Saxon. And then mugs off Byron Saxon. Get, get out of my face. Uh, and then we get a brilliant video package on the Cody and Brock feud. Uh, quite serious, but uh, yeah, we're not getting a stipulation, basically. Yeah, we're not. Um, it's fine. Um, it's one of those things where you can't really blame them. They've not teased it at all. It's just a report that appears to have been either inaccurate or the plans have changed. Mm. Um, Maybe they think they've got too many... I 
can I, what, what have we got? We've got at least two stepped up matches I can think of off the top of my head. MMA, MMA rules, rules and tribal combat. Yeah. Beyond that? I, it's it's Lesnar. Lesnar is like, he himself is a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need anything really, does he? Uh, no, everything else. Singles, triple threats, uh, battle royal, everything else. But yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it, it, there's su- sufficient difference in uh, let's say Seth versus Finn compared to Cody and Brock, and certainly Gunther versus Drew. Yeah, so you don't necessarily need oh, Gunther versus where's Drew? Yeah, where was he? I think it was the other week, wasn't he? Because he told Riddle in advance, "I'm not going to be there. They're going to try and cheat to beat yeah. you." Um, but I, I suppose he got his momentum by putting Gunther over a table last week. I can't wait for that match. Yeah, that is going to be a ripper. Not. Wait, what a preview we got. Anyway, we'll get to that in due course. Um, because it was time for Maxine Dupree, uh, her singles debut against Valhalla. No messing about here. Valhalla jumps her with a knee to start, um, grabs her by the hair, works a submission, but Dupree makes a comeback with an arm drag, um, gets a fisherman suplex and a splash in the corner. Otis and Gable are cheering her on, um, and Dupree does the... The worm, not quite as fluid, let's say, as Otis. Um, she goes up top. She hits a crossbody. She's got the match won. But Eric of the Viking Raiders gets into the ring to distract the referee and break things up. So Gable, furious, hits a moonsault onto the Viking Raiders. Valhalla takes back control. But somehow Dupree gets out of it and ha- lands a cyclone suplex to get the one, two, three. I did not expect to press <laughs> the following button upon reviewing the second ever match worked by Maxine Dupree, but nonetheless, oh my God. a Japanese ocean cyclone suplex. Yes. Of sorts. Of sorts, granted. Of sorts. Um, what a gag. They've nailed this. They've absolutely nailed this storyline where it was going a little bit <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. a while there. And, you know, poor maximum male models who are doing loads to get over. They're yeah. like, if you're... Obviously, they're not moving massive amounts of merchandise. I, I don't believe so anyway. And the quarter hours weren't getting highlighted as, oh, hang on. But, you know, if you're getting... There's a different level to that level of over. And mm. it's basically, are you all over Squared Circle? Because people are really into your exclusives and stuff. Your digital exclusives. So it's a shame for them. But in terms of how it's happened, how it's all sort of worked out for Alpha Academy. Like, the fans are into it. There's some really good gags, like, buried in the actual matches. And, like, the sheer incredulity of seeing Maxime Dupree do a Japanese <laughs> ocean cyclone suplex. Like, it's amazing. Mm. Like, it's just... The whole bit was, oh, you think she's, you know... Bit of a rookie, not very good. Well, she's going to do a move that WWE has pretty much never seen, much less banned. A a great, great visual gag. Um, Fair play for her almost pulling it off. And the good thing about this is, like, you know, she worked in the Performance Center for five years. Knowing the Performance Center, she probably wouldn't be much better. Yeah. But the character is kind of, like, allowed to be a bit rough in terms of the ring work. So I've got all the time in the world for this. I had lots of fun. Basically, um, the win for Maxine Dupree, because the Viking Raiders will be like, oh, well, it, you, that's not fair, because uh, we, we tried to get involved. I don't know how that yeah. works, but it's you know, logic. Uh, let's have one more match. 
that means we're one step closer to an Academy Rules match. When we next preview this, if ever, because <laughs> I'm off next week, yeah. I have to write it down. I want to yeah. write down everything I want to see in it. Yeah, we could. There's so there's so much potential there because it's like, what's the rush with both teams? Mm. Gable, granted, put on a hell of a show tonight, but that doesn't need to necessarily take him away from this. Just give me an Academy Rules match. Do in, this in three weeks. Do when this you and then do Gunther. Yeah, in three weeks when you haven't got SummerSlam or whatever the next one payback. is, Payback. Yeah, when you, in one of those awkward weeks where it's like nothing's happening. We're just spinning the wheels to an Academy Rules match. Well, because Gable could challenge Gunther in and around this time, and Gunther could say something like, you know, this isn't sacred wrestling, this is a joke. And you can say, you know, sometimes I'm going to be serious and then yeah. have a match of payback. Give him 20 f***ing minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no complaints from me. Um, Nakamura and Champa are in getting into it backstage. I sense where this is going a little bit later. It's so the it's give it too much such time. terrible booking. It <laughs> does not a thing to build interest in these characters. You and if the matches aren't electrifying, sometimes you can just do a random kick-ass match. I don't really care about you know the characters. I don't want to be like you know the worst people in wrestling media. Um, but the matches have to absolutely rule. Mm. Like they can't be. Gentlemen's threes. No. If I'm not into the booking. Judgment Day are here. Um, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest. And of course, collectively, they're in the fucking Judgment Day. <laughs> got another, uh, got a breastfeeding class today. Hence, apologies in advance why there will not be an NXT preview. But if you want your NXT. Uh, content, check out our... God damn it. I might have a day off. Check out our review. Good. Great. American beer. And God bless the United States. Have I just grabbed your arm and made you press that button? No. Well, you can have a day off then. <laughs> Never. What would Wilborn do? Right. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Another class. So, you know, the rule, Sidge. If she says those three words, I get... <laughs> And that other class, <laughs> the woman was like, okay, this was in uh, our NCT class. Let me try this. Or maybe you could switch it over. And I was like, oh, hernia or something. <coughs> you can't do it and disguise it, can yeah. you? There's, yeah, there's, it, it looks like you're, you're in pain. <laughs> that way? Uh, Not really. It, no. it, it's, it's like... People are, people know you're trying to say something. Yeah, like, oh, sorry, excuse me, I've just got a bit. <coughs> what? What was that? What, that was. A... Huh? 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 <laughs> anyway, they're there. How do they do the shadows? I don't get it. I don't get it. It confuses me every time. It distracts me every time. It's just two lights, basically, isn't it? They've got the big light on yeah. them. And they've got a light from behind, but still, it breaks my brain. Um. Everyone rise with your judgment day. Usual stuff here. Uh, Raw doesn't start in the ju- until the judgment day uh, says it does. Presumably counteracting the fact that for once they didn't know an opening show promo. Um, Ripley talks about putting Liv Morgan on the shelf and they're like, and Kevin Owens. Um, and they're turning their attention, obviously, to Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. That's the main event of the evening. Nobody can stop the judgment day. Finn Balor says uh, Seth Rollins is someone who wants to look insane, but insanity is waking up every day for the last seven years and seeing the scars that you inflicted. 
Uh, you ruined my career, Seth. He was fine. <laughs> he was fine. I saw him smile for weeks on end. I remember him opening uh, WrestleMania with Seth and The Miz. Yeah. And he looked pretty bloody cheerful back then. Yeah. Uh, you can't erase the scars, but I can inflict them. Uh, and they're going to make me feel better. Dirty Dom tries to speak deafening booze louder than what Logan Paul got. Uh, but uh, yeah, Dom says he's going to bring back the Mysterio name. Um, Ripley talks about how Raquel Rodriguez uh, ran and hid from her. But here comes Raquel, who gets into it with Rhea Ripley. There's a brawl. Uh, Rodriguez clotheslines her over the top rope, throws her into the guardrail, chucks her around ringside. Uh, but, of course, the fact that there's the other members of the Judgment Day threatening around her distracts Raquel. That allows Ripley to chop block her injured leg. She's, she's not back to 100% yet. And, well, Rhea Ripley's not having a match at SummerSlam, is she? I thought that if they're going to do the match at SummerSlam, what an absolutely drastically terrible build yeah. it would have been. Um, the idea of she comes out to challenge, she's got the gang in front of her, doesn't care, she's going to try and kick some ass. The idea would be kick their ass, and then, oh my God, the week before, she's just chop-blocked me, so now I'm going in with an injury. Thank God they're not doing this yeah. match now. They're just setting it up and saying, when you're ready... Then, which is good. It's sensible. Yes. You wouldn't be like, I'll be fine. I mean, it literally took one maneuver to put me out of the match, effectively. Yeah. But I'll just tape it up and go. No. It's Rhea Ripley. You aren't doing, dealing with a champion who can just sort of scrape by. She can ruin you. Yeah. So, um, right, I'm going to do a preemptive oh my God. for what came next. This is the bit I was talking about. Not just where was this four weeks ago. Where was this about five years ago when Shayna Baszler came up to the main Oh, roster? God, I don't know. It's a video, basically, setting up Shayna and Ronda. It's a little, I will say this, it's a little bit weird because the video can't really decide who the good guy and the bad guy is, which is kind of a nice change of pace to a certain extent. Especially they, ahead of an MMA rules Yeah, match. they both arguably have justifications for what they've done. But this is the... The biggest both women have seemed in a long time, and this is Ronda Rousey we're talking about. You know my love for Shayna Baszler, but they've never positioned her, aside from that Elimination Chamber, and then they completely buggered it up at WrestleMania with her and Becky Lynch. It's right there. Moxley's talking about Rocky Three. That's Rocky Three. There. Right there. She's got two... High on her own supply, Becky Lynch, and this murderer's coming in. Uh, surprise, roll up. Get out of here! What are you doing? Followed the Elimination Chamber match as well, didn't it? Will I don't want to. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. Anymore. Even I'm fed up with talking about it now. But yeah, she um, was inevitable. Yes, Rousey uh, <laughs> talks about seeing Baszler in Strike Force, Time and the Ultimate Fighter. It's nice that obviously with WWE's relationship, presumably now with UFC, that they don't have to be like. And then she went away for three years and came back, and you know this is only select footage that we can use. But, um, yeah, reference to the Ultimate Fighter. Um, Baszler, Baszler claimed she was the more experienced one, but Ronda Rousey was the, the mega star who rose much faster. We see them. We see the four horsewomen. Um, got Jessamine Duke in there. And then there was another girl. I didn't know her. Um, any other ideas? <laughs> I just spat out a mint. You do know her. Oh, who is it? Oh, you don't know her. It's oh, Marina Shafir. <laughs> uh, 
Baszler talks about how she was just kept around in fight camps so Ronda Rousey could beat her up. Um, and where was she for her training camps? Uh, more on this later, but I thought it was absolutely sensational. Great. We'll talk about it when we get to the second part. But yeah. I, where did this come from? Um, and then Alpha Academy is Borash pilled, this was. Yes, very good shout, that. Um, Alpha Academy are backstage. They're celebrating Maxine Dupree's victory. In comes Imperium. Gunther makes fun of them, calls Odious a freak. Hey, he's our freak. Uh, <laughs> I'm still a freak. <laughs> he said, uh, well, I've had a bit of a roller coaster, says Gunther, the last few weeks. But uh, Gable, look at you, you idiot, making a mockery of this sport. You wouldn't last five minutes with me. I did like Gable's comeback, so he fires back and effectively says, let's have a five-minute challenge as well. But Gable's line where he said, it lasts five hours if I want it to. And I thought, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, especially with what we saw. But yeah, it is set up. Gunther versus Gable. Nice sort of, this is the sort of impromptu match I'm fully on board with. Yeah. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Right, then it was time for Shinsuke Nakamura versus... Yeah, yeah. I'm not... It actually went to a clean finish, but at the second that someone indirectly associated with Bronson Reed came out and his thoughts are going, so I couldn't invest. Gentlemen's three, quiet crowd. 
Yeah, it was nothing. It was just it, there was fighting to, for momentum going into the battle royal that that someone's going to win. Probably not called Shinsuke Nakamura or Tommaso Ciampa or even Sheamus. It's probably going to have everybody saying L A Nine. Yeah, we've had a request to add the button to the board. We have. It's too fun to f- say. Yes, I'm not adding the button. It's like us putting the Judgment Day thing on the board. Yeah. No, because I, I mean, yeah, I miss saying that sometimes. Yes. So I'm not having another thing taken away from me. I'm just not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Nakamura won with the grabbing the title. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> no more of that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review review. Nailed it. Well, everybody's saying L A Nine. And this week's five-star review, if you want to suggest one, by the way, you can do so by leaving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, or you can leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, just like Chase Thompson has done, adam.wilborn. Chase Thompson. At whatculture.com. Not the first time. You may remember Chase from last year. I'll just read Chase's email. He writes, hello, boys. I have a big request for actually a third five-star review review. Since my last five-star review, I got married. How can you have vote twice? Hmm? I, well, this one he sent a screenshot of Spotify. Oh, right, okay. So maybe, maybe I think it's, it's the same screenshot. Are you cross-referencing the screenshots? I, I haven't. I'm not, I've been very lax on that, to be honest. Oh, but maybe I'll, t- I'll, maybe I'll leave Chase Thompson. <laughs> yeah, we'll, leave, we'll let him have this one. Uh, and Chase, I know you said you wanted this for next week, but... Tough titties. <laughs> Next week is the 8th of August, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the Tuesday, correct? That's yeah, so, our um, numbers week. Yep. Uh, that's my birthday, so I'll be having the day off. Thank you very much. And I am off. Yeah, so uh, Hamlet will be sat in this room, probably by himself, talking about Monday Night Raw. So his happy place. So uh, we thought we'd do it this week, uh, which is in the build-up to uh, Chase and his lovely wife's anniversary. That's on the 6th of August. Congratulations to the both of you. Uh, yeah, so since my last five-star review, I got married, and on our honeymoon, I happened to mention the shout-outs to my new wife. She was thrilled. To the moon! I thought it might be nice if a uh, late one-year gift to her to hear her name on the shout-out. Well, guess what? It's early. Congratulations to you, Chase, and to Mrs. Megan Thompson. Ah, congrats. Uh, obviously, as you boys are great, uh, you've made yep. my inje- wrestling enjoyment better and have made me look at wrestling with a much keener eye. It is up to you guys to decide what is best for the re- review. Although, if Adam can avoid mugging me off this time, post-brawl out and not call my suggestion crap. I do apologise. I can't remember what I said there. <laughs> look at that. I, I've got a lovely... Hey, the guys who have got us on the podcast. Who's this idiot Chase Thompson, huh? He's this asshole Chase Thompson. Thank God. Thank yeah, God. I keep hearing about Thank God he met you, Megan. You've, you've put him on the, the right route of five-star review reviews. Much love and best wishes to all the What Culture lads, and big congrats to Wilborn joining the Dadleys, your two biggest fans in Ohio, Chase and Megan Thompson. Right. Thank you, guys. Those American names I've ever heard. Yeah. And they should be used to American you know, stuff on this podcast. I, I love those names. They sound like the, the, the prom king and queen. Chase and Megan from OHIO! <laughs> Chase and Megan, you're the prom king and queen. <laughs> They're more American name than Chase. Chase. Brad. Brad, don't forget Chad. Brad, Chad, and Chase. Three guys coming to f*** your town up. <laughs> but yes, uh, congratulations, congratulations. On, your, on your anniversary in a few days' time. 
Um, so I typed in WWE Honeymoon. And you know what came up, Sige? Mae Young and Mark Henry have their honeymoon night. Raw is war, February 14th, 2000. Take us back there. Well, it's actually Valentine's Day, what? but they wanted the honeymoon suite. So the pirate uploader on YouTube has got their got their wrestling wrong. Yeah. Um, well, the general gist is that Mark Henry did not pan out immediately. He uh, was not particularly great in the ring. He nonetheless was a um, like unbelievable investment at the time. They signed him to ten years. Yeah, guaranteed money, and the. Um, as Bruce Pritchard would put it, rumor and innuendo uh-huh. was that they wanted him to quit. Now, that might just be the cynical uh, whispers of you know online wrestling fandom. Uh, maybe it just felt that way if that was not the intention. Mark Henry delivered this material really well, and as sexual chocolate is a fondly remembered, um, well, in some cases, <laughs> some of it was really horrible stuff. Yeah. Um, but in terms of his individual performance, um, you know, he wasn't half bad at all. Yeah. Um, but genuinely, he became sexual chocolate either because, well, he can't really wrestle, so let's just have him do some comedy, or, oh, Jesus Christ, business is good, but is it good enough to justify a 10-year deal for someone who can't go? I just give him loads of crap material and hope he, hope he quits. So it depends on your disposition. If you're a half... Full, half-empty guy. <laughs> yeah. It all depends. Um, so yeah. And he started uh, nobbing May Young because he's a sex addict. I believe, it's not the kind of thing I want to get wrong, that he first got his nut with his sister at eight years old. Oh, God, yeah. That, I that was about that was, bit. That was something like that. That was the backstory. So he was a sexual um, addict and deviant. Mm. And that's why he's boffing an eight-year-old woman. <laughs> an eight-year-old woman. Yeah. Just in case that didn't, you know, that wasn't clean enough. So him and the hair <laughs> having it off. And then she gives birth to her hand. That's sex stuff. you got to love it. What can May Young give birth to? It can't be a baby. What can, what can. Why, what can, why can't it be a baby? Uh, wait a second. I'm looking at my hands. Wait a second. <laughs> So Mark Henry goes to this hotel desk and asks for a room. Uh, and the bloke goes, yep, uh, two two rooms adjoining. And he's like, nah, one room. And the bloke goes, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and Mark's like, I thought it was his mother. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we want the honeymoon suite. Vince did not splash out on the honeymoon suite to shoot this in, by the way. It was just a bog standard hotel yeah, yeah. room. Uh, and May... Thanks him for being so thoughtful, and they get the key and they head off, and the bloke at the front desk just goes, oh, boy, <laughs> this is disgusting, <laughs> is his implication. Um, yeah, two concerning adults. Yeah. May goes to go into the room. Oh, yeah, they get out of a lift, and two blokes in the lift are like, you seen the state of that? <laughs> right. May goes to go into the room, but Mark's like, hey, 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 I'm going to carry you over the threshold. Uh, and he does so. And, of course, Jerry the King Lawn is pitching a fit uh, on commentary as... Uh, the, the man cannot process the idea of having sex with a woman that old. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark would say uh, uh, a do not distar- a disturb sign on the door. Stop. Disturb. Do not, do not disturb. <laughs> uh, but do not disturb. I'm f- 
fucking an octogenarian. <laughs> Puts that on the door. And uh, I can't remember which point it is that JR goes, I shouldn't think. He said it somewhere and it tickled me. Uh, but yeah, do not disturb. But I mean, you know, let the camera crew in to film, <laughs> right? <laughs> not the time to talk about this. Uh, May's they're they're sitting there on the sitting. He's, she's sitting on his lap, and uh, they're going to talk about the first thing that comes up, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> May's talking about how wonderful, wonderful this all is, uh, and Mark's dropping lines on her. He says, "This reminds me of something. To see you smile is like watching the sunrise. The more it happens, the brighter the skies." Oh, Casanova. You reckon Chase dropped that on Megan in the first date? Yeah. Just taking notes from Mark Henry's sexual <laughs> chocolate. So uh, May says, uh, you know what? I'm just going to slip into something more comfortable. I want you to do so. Why don't you do the same? Jerry the King Lord goes, well, that'd be a straight jacket. <laughs> and uh, she leaves. And the moment she's out of shot, she's, barely, she's not left the room at this point. Mark punches the air because he's about to get his nut. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's about to get <laughs> Just come. <laughs> Just nut. Just seed. <laughs> God. Uh, we're meant to develop a layer of irony here. <laughs> so Mark's getting comfy in bed. He's like, come on, what's taking so bloody long? And he's, he's getting, he lifts the covers up and something, he pulls out his red boxer. He just took his drawers off. <laughs> JR just, in, he's calling the action. Yeah, he's calling the action <laughs> as he sees it uh, impartial. Uh, and uh, May is 100% ready to go to Pound Town. Um, she comes in in a little red nightgown. Uh, she says, oh, here's your Valentine. Whee! Jumps on him. Uh, you get under the covers and see, they start doing the old uh, horizontal hula. And How they, do you know? Huh? I thought you were a bit... You know, dense with the I sort read the of comments, stuff. some of the comments. Oh, right, some okay. of the other comments I do need your help with. You might need help with what follows with me, young though. Yes. Um, but yeah, they get under the sheets and start, I don't know, wrestling or whatever then. And it cuts back to King so he can pretend to be sick into his crown. Vince McMahon. I would bet the hoose on him saying, I was sick. I want to get sick, pal. Yeah, I want to be shoot sick in your. Just stick your fingers down your throat just before we cut back to you. And he bleh, into his. Into his crown. So later on in the show, we cut back and oh, they're all they're all flustered and sweaty, Sige. And uh, Mark says, "This is best Valentine's ever." By the way, I've got you a present. And he goes into the goes into the drawer and he pulls out in the shape of a heart sweet chocolates from sexual chocolate. And she they nibble on a few of them, feeds her some, and she says, "I've got a surprise for you too, Mark." And she's brought this little red bag in. He says, she says, you'll never guess what it is. Pulls it out. <laughs> Pulls it out. Edible undies. This, you told me earlier that this confused you. Yeah, I, I don't understand that. So you, you, you... You're meant to wear them. But that doesn't make sense. They're edible. Yeah, but you're... Yeah. But what, how and why would you... Well, that's the thing, because with normal panties... Uh -huh. You don't really, it would get really expensive mm, yeah. if you kept buying a fresh one every single time. The mm -hmm. idea is you have things called washing machines. Yeah, it's not well, good to eat cotton as well. <laughs> yeah, like a basin and like things you can wash it with so you can wash it 
dry it, wear it. Got it. Wash. Uh, this is, is this uh, what you do with edible underwear. Well, no, this is what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. this is what I'm getting to. So this is a, like, a little trick for you, Will Bourne. <laughs> Wash it, dry it, wear it. See, it's like a, yeah. a mantra. It's hypnotic. Wash, Wash it, dry it. Wear it. Wear yeah, sorry, I got it wrong. <laughs> Wash it, dry <laughs> it, wear it. Wash it, dry it, wear it. Wash it, dry it, wear it. See, you're getting it. Yeah. Right. If it's edible, though, you can't really wash food. No. Unless it's, you know, fruit and veg. Yeah, yeah. Give it a, give it a quick rinse under the tap. Yeah, so you make sure it's nice and clean and yeah. there's no, like, germs on it. Uh-huh. But you can't wash edible panties. <laughs> right, what do you do then, then? You don't, so you don't wear them. But otherwise, you'd just be like, oh, well, my panties are food. <laughs> and you just, that'll get expensive. That'll get expensive. So what you do is... You eat them, <laughs> and then while you're down there, love, <laughs> you eat something else. So, you know, you know, you eat out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, May Young's mop. Uh, she puts them on, tells Mark, "Get your sweet self over here." Uh, and I, I've always wanted a. Uh, is, it, is it called a clapper? A clapper. Yeah, I want one of them. He claps the lights off and then yells, Tootie Fruity! <laughs> That's the end of the segment. Yeah, he's, he's going down on her. <laughs> so we go to the comments. <laughs> there's a... Oops, we'll do a proper one of them in a bit. But there's a little game I've got for you here because, unsurprisingly... Have we got another game? Well, yes. Later on. Well, I'm sure, well, I'm sure we'll find one. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let's do it now, just mm. in case. Got, got to give the people what they want. It's time to play the game! Time to play, time the, to play game. the game! <laughs> so as always, these comments do not reflect the views. Myself, Michael Sidgwick, Michael Hamflet, when he's here, Megan and Chase. Anybody else at What Culture? Anyone else at What Culture? Um, <laughs> but I think some people tune in to the five-star review review, not for us to you know, uh, really with a fine tooth comb, analyze classic wrestling segments. More for the horny comments that come yeah. at the end of it. Not that many on a, on a Mark Henry and May Young video. Um, but in the suggested videos thing next to it, there was still, and I can't believe this is still a thing, Simon Gatch buries Antoine Moro. <laughs> I think it's on like 1.5 million views now. Um, but also... Uh, Lana in a hotel room. Um, I can't remember whether this was her and Bobby Lashley or her um, laying a trap for Enzo or More. But I want you to see if you can spot the moment that I'm, I've switched from the Mark Henry and May Young comments. It's, it's incredibly subtle, mm. but there'll be a shift to comments on Lana's experiences in a hotel room. All right. Okay. okay. See if you can spot it. Uh, first comment here comes from Big Dan Four Twenty. This is Oscar worthy. It would be an Emmy. <laughs> I also like the idea of like Robert De Niro stood there going, and the nominees are, <laughs> you know, Margot Robbie and Barbie, Oppenheimer. The two Ma- films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May Young getting a box eaten by Mark Henry. <laughs> Just relax. 
1539 writes, this is a bit worrying. This aired on my twin friend's seventh birthday. We were at their house watching it and we were grossed out. That's a weird thing to watch on a seventh birthday, isn't it? Yeah. Kids, what do you want to do? Do you want to play past the parcel? Do you want to watch this? Uh, I, if there's anything vaguely related to those matters, my children do not watch it. No. There's times when he's, there's a YouTuber who like keeps it clean, mm-hmm. but like you know he's a grown up and he's got some grown ups in his audience, so he'll mention like sex or sex things. Ooh. And like I'm looking at James, I'm just like. What if he asks what it is? Mm. And you're not knowing about that yet. Yeah, I, I just saw the other day uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Like, you'll just incidentally mention it. And I'm like, oh. But <laughs> elsewhere, like, it's, it's like a geography guy. And James has got really interested in geography and flags. So I think, Jesus Christ. And he loves it. It's like really valuable mm. stuff. But then, like, every now and then, it's like, shut up, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective is uh, on Netflix now. Uh, rather influential film in my uh, formative years, some might say. I'm not sure if you can... It's basically every band... Um, not many bands listen to the Velvet Underground, but those <laughs> who did formed bands. He's the Velvet... Jim Carrey is your Velvet Underground. 100%, right. But I used to love that as a child for him, you know, pulling faces and making noises. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. But he gets sucked off in the opening, like, five minutes of that film. I can, that flew over my head as a child. That's the thing, it does fly over them. Yeah. They don't know how to comprehend it. I watch Ghostbusters and Dan Aykroyd gets a suck job on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> suck job by Ghost. <laughs> I'm sorry. Throat Ghost. <laughs> So that's what would Hamlet do? Yeah. Pun. Um, see, don't forget the game's still going on. See if you can spot the moment this shifts over to, you know. Lana. Yeah. This one I need help with as well, actually, because, um, I mean, I thought as a, you know, James has probably learned this as a child, like learning to tell the time from looking at a Because he wears this one. L.A. Mahogany writes, yeah... That'll get me from 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock in three seconds for sure. Now, that doesn't make sense to me. That's a six-hour time period in three seconds. <laughs> what? What, what, what is he talking about? Is he time-traveling? He's not time-traveling. Um, so if you're six points down, yeah, he does, yeah. 12 points up, he's talking about a rush of blood to his cock, which then stands for tension when sufficiently aroused, which looks... Not unlike <laughs> the six going to a 12 in three seconds. Mm. Do you get it? Yeah. Still think we're watching May Young's video? Or... No. Yeah, you're right. We're, we're into the other bit. Sergeant Rob Barnes writes... <laughs> Oh, how many hand jobs I've dedicated to you. <laughs> oh, that's just Phil. That's just that's that's just Phil. like dedications. <laughs> oh no. I think he's saluting did, at the same time. With his other hand. <laughs> oh, he did an action! He did an action! Getting videoed on this soon. Oh, oh. maybe. 
Uh, one final comment here comes from Alan. <laughs> Just to clarify, we are fully in the the Lana section now. Because uh-huh. Alan just writes, me drinking. <laughs> it's horrible, it's horrible already. Alan just writes, thanks again, uh, Chase and Megan, for this. Have a lovely uh, anniversary. Me drinking her. <laughs> oh, why is it me? Oh, I hate that. Oh, it's like it's a child. <laughs> Alan writes, <coughs> Alan writes, me drinking her bathwater gulp. <laughs> oh, oh, God, no. Oh, no. <laughs> These do not reflect the views of myself and the Dadly Boys, Chase, Megan, and at what culture. And just to clarify, please don't drink bathwater. It's not good. No. Don't eat panties. <laughs> Unless they are edible. Check the label first. Yeah. All right. Let's <laughs> give him a sniff. Brock Lesnar. We're back to Monday Night Raw yeah, now. Yeah. He makes his entrance. Uh, he gets Cody Chance echoing around the arena. He says, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Brock Lesnar. I'm an NCAA heavyweight wrestling champion. I'm a UFC heavyweight champion. I am the WWE heavyweight champion. No, you're not. All right, now. You have been, but yeah, he got um, it wrong. But then again, no one's gonna, no one's gonna pull him up on yeah, that, are they? Well, we just did. Um, they gave him the fucking what treatment? It's Brock Lesnar, for God's sake, lads. What are you gonna do? Chant table sh- next to him? It's Brock Lesnar. Sure, I know. It's uh, it's an, it's driving us absolutely insane at the minute. He uh, he says at SummerSlam, I'm gonna get paid to fight and kick ass against Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody's gonna get paid to get his ass kicked by me. Um, Cody, why don't you come out and shake my hand ahead of our trilogy, basically. I'll give you five seconds to come out. And of course, Cody comes out in those five seconds. But no big coat or anything like that. He is dressed to fight. And no whoa from Cody Rhodes. He's just marching down to the ring. Um, and he has a stare down with Brock, extends his hand. Brock smiles and shakes it. Pushes past Cody as he leaves the ring. And Cody decides, I'm not having that. Hits the ropes. Tope suicida onto Brock on the outside, but Brock comes back, twats Cody with the steps. Um, keeps it keeps the, the poor music guys keep going. Well, that's the end of the segment. Play Brock's music, and he keeps going back for more. He uh, does it with the stairs again, and then he gets back in the ring and f fives Cody, leaves him laying, puts his cowboy hat and vest back on, and bails. What? I don't know what this was. I don't know what this was. Uh, Babyface gets in a cheap shot, then gets his ass kicked. I was like, okay, he's going to slip out the F5 and then, you know, make it look like he might stand a chance on Saturday. Should have just went with the cliche. Should have went with the cliche, pull apart brawl. Yeah, I would have been as uninspired by that as I was by this. Because, like, low-key, Lesnar isn't a particularly compelling TV character. No. Just isn't. It's the same all the time. Better that than make it... Babyface look like a coward, uh, cheap shot artist who then can't even. He's got the jump on Lesnar and he still can't kick his ass. Like, what was this? I was who wait- keeps messaging me? I was I was waiting for the reversal, basically. Yeah, like you say. And I just thought, oh, I've just realized realized about two thirds of the way through this, they've just run out of stuff for these to do. They've got the video package ready for Saturday. They need to kill five minutes, and Cody will turn it around with a promo later, which, to be fair, he did. So. This was now 
But I tell you what was something. It was the five-minute challenge that came next. Gunther versus Chad Gable. Because Gunther toyed with this poor lad, thinking, I've got to drop on him. Chad Gable looked good early on, but Gunther, as we edged towards the five-minute mark, thought, I've got this. So they lock up. Gunther's got more power. Of course, he throws Gable across the ring. Uh, they do a test of strength, and Gunther wins, and he stamps on Gable's head, uh, slams him, covers him, only gets a one count, though. So Gable fires up, he chops Gunther, Gunther just European uppercuts him to cut all that off, um, goes for a powerbomb, but Gable rolls out of it and gets him in an ankle lock. Gunther manages to get back to his feet, Gunther hits a chop and a sleeper, and it looks like he's just going to choke Gable out, Gable's fading. Gunther decides, oh, I'm going to put an exclamation point on this. Gets Gable up for a powerbomb to finish this. There's about 20 seconds left on the clock. Gets him up. Suddenly, Gable comes back. Head scissors Gunther out of the ring. The five minutes expires. Gunther's technically lost. But Gunther's not having this. He grabs a microphone. He's furious with this. Gable's celebrating. The crowd are loving this. And Gunther says, no, the match will continue. And... They just get rid of the clock, basically. And uh, Gable hits a drop kick, and we go to a break. When we come back, Gunther's chopping the crap, crap out of Gable again. Uh, but Gable keeps fighting back, keeps putting him in arm bars and what have you. Uh, he keeps hitting him with drop kicks. Uh, Gunther gets out of an arm bar, though. German suplex goes up top, but Gable cuts him off and hits a superplex. Um, Gable hits a load of strikes, but Gunther chops him to stop all momentum that he had. Gable fires back, though, with that... Oh, my God. Awesome German suplex of his, mm. which gets a two count. But Gunther comes back, boot, chop. Gable goes for another German suplex. Gunther counters that with a load of chops. He finally gets him up, power bombs the crap out of him. One, two, three. Gunther gets on the mic on the commentary table afterwards, tells him to tells the crowd to celebrate his success and says, on Saturday, I'm not going to lose the Intercontinental Championship. On Saturday, I am going to end Drew McIntyre. Love this. I've, I've got one problem with it, so I'm going to get it out of the way immediately. I understand he's playing a comedy character. He has nonetheless won World Tag Team Gold before. Yeah. Watching 37-year-olds... <laughs> Top five wrestler in the entire company, Chad Gable, be sort of depicted as like a rookie. This is the, this is the thing they gave to uh, Jungle Boy against Chris Jericho. Yeah, I know they've done matches like this with established performers before, but the way he was celebrating after the five minutes had expired was like he looked like a nineteen-year-old kid making his debut. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? And I understand he's a comedy character, but. He's too good at that for his own good because they just become like this. And it's like, he's, he's so goddamn good. He's the best babyface worker in the company, not named Cody Rhodes. Mm. This five-minute match was a masterclass in how to get over as a babyface, how to perform as a babyface. Like, there was struggle at various points. Like, worked struggle, good yes. struggle, drama. But for five minutes, and he's so economical with his work. It's like I've buried another performer in a different company for being very gratuitous and not particularly well disciplined in terms of the stories that he's trying to tell. Five minutes and he can just tell the story. He's so, like, not self-conscious. Mm. 
every second counts. He doesn't need that much time to be amazing. I've got so much, like, admiration for what a talent Chad Gable is because for five minutes, that's all he needed. All throughout, belief, belief, belief. He just generated more belief, more crowd support. These tiny little things like the bridge bit. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. He was telling the story, and that bridge was a really pivotal plot point of it of you're bigger, but I might be better. Mm. And I might be better than you, even if it's tonight, even if it's for five minutes, you're bigger. I think I'm better than you tonight. And it's like, I was waiting for him to win. I wanted him to win. Yeah. And this is absolutely unbelievable. And if they don't revisit this at payback, and chat like and even if they set it up terribly, where on the, the raw after SummerSlam, Gunther hopefully still carrying that title. Oh yeah. Um it's just backstage and Chad Gable says, I've beat you once, and Gunther's like, No, you didn't. It's like, well, let's have a bare knuckle fight, <laughs> payback then. Imagine this for like a nice 17 minutes. Mm. Oh my god. Chad Gable is like, he's just amazing. He does things to me. Mm. I hope this is the f- moment of... I know he, say, he seems to say this every year for the past few years. I hope this is one of the many moments of them realising quite what they've got in Chad yeah. Gable. Because I'm not going to do this a lot, but I'm sorry, if AEW had him, they wouldn't be pissing about. And they'd have him on Stark for six weeks if that was still a thing. Mm. I hope this is, yeah, a sign of things to come um, because this Alpha Academy, this version of the Alpha Academy has got him super over. Now let's transition that into some yeah. big matches. It can be incidentally funny. It doesn't have to be the whole character. Mm. We talked about it yesterday with Hangman Page. Uh, Cody Rhodes it gets caught up with by uh, Byron Saxton and uh, he says, look, I'm fine. Beat me up, but uh, he could break my arm, ribs, or my jaw. But at SummerSlam, the aura of Brock Lesnar is going to be shattered. And I thought, yeah, I'm sold on that. Despite how you just handed your and, arse. Uh, and uh, he's just, he's a god. Becky Lynch made her entrance. Skip. I was so confused by all this. Because you and I sat here and said, they haven't actually announced it, but it's happening at SummerSlam. Yeah. And it was, it was a two-part of this. Because she initially comes down. And says, I've done everything to get a rematch against Trish Stratus. Let's have it right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's Saturday. It's on Saturday at SummerSlam. And then I thought, oh, I see what's going to happen. Trish is going to come down and say, I'm not facing you now. I'm not facing you ever. And Postman Pierce is going to come down and say, ah, but you are facing her. You said what happened with the Zoe Stark thing and the tattooing and blah, 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 blah. And that's why I booked it for SummerSlam. Neither of those things happened. What happened was she said, let's have a fight. Trish came out and said, nobody tells me when to fight. Uh, you're well, One thing I'm not is a cheater, unlike the Astros. Ooh, sports reference thing. Crowd boos. Stratus uh, starts talking about when, if ever, this rematch is going to happen. And Postman Pierce says, no, it's going to happen right now. And so Trish got in the ring. The match went, I think, about two seconds. Bell rang. Lynch attacked Stratus. The moment that happened, Zoe Hot Stark hit the ring and attacked Becky. After the match, obviously, she brawls with with Zoe and with Trish around the ring. She takes off, pulls off Stratus' face protector. Stark cuts her off. uh, And in the end, Stratus hits Becky Lynch with a chair and they bail. 
And I think, right, okay, we'll see you on Saturday. And then subsequently, it is announced by Postman Pierce, it's going down in two weeks in Winnipeg. What? Well, if he's so intent on having the match now, why wouldn't he book it? It's human, human, take the piss out of his, as soon as humanly possible. I'm in no position to judge. Uh, odd. Basically, they told you we don't care about this match. Or we've lost confidence We've in completely it. lost confidence because the program is absolutely reeked. The best possible opportunity we have is doing it in Trisha's home country. Which screws the dynamics, but who cares? At least it'll be loud. Just looking at this card. How many matches on it? Eight. Eight right now. So they looked at this card, right, considering the timeline of things, and they said out of the eight matches, let's say they have Trish and Becky penciled in for it, we're going to bin that one off, right? Which arguably I'd agree with. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. There's loads of title arguably matches. Arguably it sucks. There's loads of title matches. Logan Paul versus Ricochet is going to go on a way more attention. Cody Rhodes versus, be Bro- much better. Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar has been on this card for since Mania, basically. The only other thing is they've gone, no. And I, I can't disagree with it either. No. We're not gonna, even though we're not gonna have the Rhea Ripley match, which I think they talked about. Yeah. And I think if Raquel could have shoot Gown, they would have put her on there or live. They've gone no, it's a bigger priority to get LA Knight on this card, and that's why we're gonna have the Battle Royal instead of. I will say that it kind of does suck from a um, parity perspective. Yes. Because um, WWE, for all their faults, they do tend to get that better than most companies, well, AEW and their own history. <laughs> yes. um, Just two women's matches on SummerSlam now. Aye, so that's not ideal, considering it should be going forward. Like, uh, they're on the right track, even if the creative's terrible. The parity's there, um, usually. Um, but I think the match is going to be terrible. It needs Canada. Maybe it's an inspired decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other women's matches that is on SummerSlam is an MMA rules match between Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. That was confirmed, and then we got the other half uh, of the uh, the video package. Um, Baszler's talking. It's very emotional, this. It was real, obviously, but, uh, it, yeah, it just came across really well from, from everyone involved. Baszler talks about how it was always about uh, Ronda Rousey, whether it was in the UFC when she was a sparring partner of hers, when they were women's tag team champions, or um, when Rousey needed Baszler because she ticked everyone off, basically. Um, And Rousey talks about this fable or a story where a king gave a kid summer and the kid got ideas about his station and basically thought he deserved all of this and turned on him. Stable boy, that was it. Oh, kid. Uh... That's what Baszler tried to do to Rousey. Um, but Baszler says, no, no, no. Ronda's never given anything back to me. Um, I'm done riding in the back seat." And Baszler's getting emotional here. Um, she uh, talks about, Rousey does, uh, how she fights wanting to win every time and losing uh, for even a second hurts her. And there was a, a lovely touch of, of Baszler talking about Rousey's daughter and saying that other than Rousey's partner and mum, she was the, uh, the third person or who met the child or held the child. Uh, there is. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, this kid's going to hate her for what she's about to do to Ronda Rousey. I thought this was just awesome. This is absolutely class. Um, we have said, basically, since her return, 
you need to present a Ronda Rousey in a completely different and unique way. One, because she is or was a star with like a mainstream name value um, and all the rest of it. You should be setting her apart because you cannot just present her as someone who just exists. As in, like, someone like uh, Tommaso Ciampa, he just exists. Yes. Bronson Reed just exists. There's a, a, there's a tier of performers who just exist. Unfathomably, for a long time, Ronda Rousey was one of them. And secondly, the other reason why you do not present Ronda Rousey in this sort of, ah, oh, she's just there on the show context is because the show is really long-winded promos. And yes, I understand that she has her own input over them. Mm-hmm. But just tell her not to do it. Mm-hmm. Tell her not to do it because she's bad at it. And uh, we've seen several things. Don't make it go back and forth with the rank and file. Um, just have it kill people. Give her a mouthpiece. Do something with a presentation that sets her apart from everybody else on the show. They've done it on last night's Raw ahead of a match, which basically I understand is her write-off. Yeah, the last Raw we may ever see her on. Yeah. So, better late than never, the absolute epitome of that cliche. Hoping that now, but, though, it's not just a generic win for Shayna. I hope that they recognize what they've done with it here. Oh, just like, I, it has to mean something. Mm. Um, Shayna Baszler's performance in this was outrageously good. Mm. I, I believed every single thing she said. She did do the odd acting tell of stopping herself short because she got a bit emotional mm. before saying I, I bought every single pause. I went for it. I always campaigned to have Shayna Baszler uh, work in big shows, but I am also a realist. Watching this, I was like, well, we've got Rhea and Bianca for one title, and we've got, off the top of my head, now for the other title. Shayna Baszler should be one half of the other big title match. Because mm-hmm. she can do. That's never been an issue. She needs to book her right and not have a f- lose. Uh, Look what they, how they built. Hopefully, now Papa H is properly here, and I don't know, Vince is off recovering from surgery yeah. or whatever it is. Maybe, just maybe. Uh. Main event time. Yep. Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Rollins and Zayn recognize that they are at a numbers disadvantage because Finn and Rhea were going to be there, and uh, they jump Dirty Dom and Damian Priest in the entranceway, and Rollins chases Balor off. Uh, in the end, as we go to a break, Rollins and Zayn are the ones standing tall. Uh, when we come back, Zayn comes in, runs wild, uh, but Priest takes over, cuts him off. Um, double stomp on Damian Priest's arm from Seth Rollins. Rollins comes off the second rope, but Priest hits him with an elbow and come, brings in Dirty Dime, who uh, <laughs> isn't the family for some reason. <laughs> he hits Rollins once and just poses. So, of course, they take back over. Um at one point, Rollins was on the apron, and Finn Balor pulls him off uh, whilst the referee's distracted and uh, nails him with some shots to take us to another break. Dom's in control as we come back, but Priest tags in, and Rollins manages to get away to get the hot tag again to Sami Zayn, who takes out Priest, throws him to the outside, and lands a big dive. Uh, we come back in. Zayn hits a tornado DDT, but Dom dives in to break up the pin attempt. He uh, comes in and sets up Zayn for the 619 and gets his head taken off uh, by a Sami Zayn clothesline. Uh, Rollins and Priest come in. Rollins hit a load of tope suicidas onto Priest. Uh, he stares at Balor on the outside, rolls Priest back into the ring. Priest tries to hit him with the South of Heaven, but Rollins counters and hits a super kick. 
But Dom comes in to uh, cut Rollins off. But Zane then comes in to take out Dom. Ripley runs over to yell at Zane. Uh, and whilst the referee's yelling at Ripley, Balor drop kicks Zane. Priest hits a razor's edge on Seth Rollins. But instead of pinning him, he suddenly realizes, wait a second, the World Heavyweight Champion is down for the count. I'm going to fucking cash in. He yells for his money in the bank briefcase. Balor is hesitant, but eventually gives it to him. But the delay, the hesitancy has allowed Rollins to recover. He super kicks Priest. Case goes flying. Uh, Zane kicks Balor down. Rollins stomps Damian Priest. One, two, three. A sort of sign of things to come, perhaps. It was good. Yeah. Didn't really set my uh, world on fire. I wasn't doing cartwheels, but it was good. If you're into the Judgment Day teasing, it's very much, we've got a hit with the bloodline. People are into stables falling apart in WWE, so they're going to milk this thing for a long old time. The problem for me is I like the Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. I like, they've got a good mix of Rhea Ripley's awesome. Dominic's a little bastard. Finn can go. Damien's like the, they've got the complexion and dynamic of the group are great. Uh, I just, I'm not into them doing melodrama and teasing and breaking up. It just, if you haven't got Roman there, I don't know, it feels a bit too wacky and up a mid card for me mm. to have it anchor the show with this like melodrama. What do I know? Rains out the ass. <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, I don't have an emotional connection to the Judgment Day. I think with a lot of things, I think this was maybe one roar too far. Let's get to SummerSlam and let's move on to some more storylines. Saying that in 2001. <laughs> but just in terms of... I know what you the, mean. Yeah, cash-in stuff is... Yeah, I got it. Seth and Finn, got it. I got that about three weeks ago, or six weeks ago, or whatever. Some stuff was really benefited from this. Um, you know, Gunther being shown there is vulnerability there. If you can outwork him, and if you're as big as him, that particularly helps. Uh, and obviously the Shayna and Ronda stuff. But yeah, I, this was very much like, see you on Saturday. You know, there was not, there was barely any things to to tie off. And then they still made big changes to SummerSlam, making taking matches off, not adding stipulations to, to other matches, and then adding matches, stipulations to matches that we'd hoped for. Not quite to the Lions Den extent that you'd pitched, mm. but nevertheless... Let's get to SummerSlam. Yes, let's do that. Well, let's know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on Twitter at on X X at, at What Culture WWE. Uh, watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. And make sure if you haven't done so already to leave a five star review review either on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a five star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And then email it to me, Adam Wilborn at WhatCulture.com. Just like the lovely Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, Chase and Megan, have a great anniversary uh, on the 6th of August, guys. Thanks, as always, for getting in touch. And, um, yeah, apologies for the lewdness of the five-star review review, but you know what you're getting into. Anyway, this has been the Raw Review. Uh, and as I said, no NXT preview later on today. You can check out our review of the... And God bless... United States. From yesterday, and there'll be a, a Q&A pod with me and Andy coming your way a little bit later on today. But me and Sige will be back tomorrow to review the best show of the week, NXT, and look ahead to AEW Dynamite 200 as well. But for now, this has been the Raw Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we 
We'll see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.